hear the word of God now on the topic of living sent from John chapter 20. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. God always blesses the reading of God's holy word. Come Holy Spirit, in your magic, lead us as only you can. I join Jim and the team in prayer and worship for you this morning, Lord Jesus. You are faithful and good. Father, you have loved us so well in sending your son. And now, Spirit, guide us into truth. Amen. Amen. We are beginning a 10-week series on what it means to live with the heart of a God who is the missional God. God has a mission. God has a mission for you and for me. He's got a plan. He's got a mission for us, a purpose for us. I just learned something about this whole idea from an actor named Jack Nicholson. Many of you know my love for movies. I love movies. We're heading toward Oscar season. I've got to get my Oscar movie viewing up to speed here. It's always this fun time of year when you get to do that. Jack Nicholson has given us so many iconic, fascinating performances over the years. Character studies in madness, right? The Shining, right? And uh, Redemption, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Perhaps my favorite of Jack Nicholson's performances is his quietly brilliant comedic work with Diane Keaton in Something's Gotta Give. Really fun movie, great movie. Love that movie. Consult your ratings and content before you decide to watch it if it's for you, but... but um, that's a neat movie. These All these movies have redemptive, I would even say biblical elements, themes to them. But they can be rough too, so you have to decide what you want to, what you feel comfortable seeing. Jack and his people take us to some scary places, right? But of course, so does the Bible sometimes too. Recently, I saw some video from Nicholson from years ago, and he made a fascinating comment. Nicholson shared a core belief of his acting teacher. His acting teacher is a guy named Lee Strasberg. Uh, Lee Strasberg uh, is an icon himself. He trained Paul Newman, Dustin Hoffman, Al Pacino, Ann Bancroft, Robert De Niro, as well as others, as well as Nicholson. Strasberg himself is an icon of the acting craft who trained other icons of the acting craft. How about that as a class? De Niro, Pacino, Newman, Maya Evans. According to Jack Nicholson, Lee Strasberg truly believed about acting. He truly believed that 80% of the craft of acting is about relaxation. 80% of the craft of acting is about relaxation. This is what 
the legendary Jack Nicholson's legendary teacher taught him. Nicholson added that he believed many actors who looked at their watch still couldn't tell you what time it was. Nick Nicholson didn't elaborate on all of this, but I suspect if he did, it would amount to something like this. In saying 80% of the craft of acting is about relaxation, I don't think he means it's about being lazy. I don't think it means it's about being passive. I don't think he means it's about being inert. I think what he means about being relaxed is it's about being relaxed enough to be really present. Really there. We can get so consumed with fear and anxiety and internal distractions that churn in all of us that we can look at something as simple as your watch and not really even see it. You know what I mean. I know when I'm spin up, and when I'm spun up, freaked out, wigged out, I miss out. I miss the moment. Picked up my daughter uh, from her, from and my family from the gymnastics meet that she was in. I was sent out to go get everybody food with Jack on Saturday night at the end of the event once 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 Grace was done and they had to finish up so they gave some awards I had to go out to get um, to go to McDonald's and Wendy's to get everyone's orders so I went and it turned into a long ordeal of waiting and as I was waiting waiting in a long line then waiting in the parking lot 20 minutes for our order coming back and the temperature's rising inside and I'm really spun up and spun out. And by the time I pull up to meet Grace and after her triumphant gymnastics meet, I am so spun up and my energy is not really celebratory. <laughs> and I said, oh, that, that, I can't believe how long that was and how I couldn't believe that. And, and Grace says to me, uh, says, uh, Dad, you know, essentially, not quite what she said, but she, she called me on it, and we had a, a big family uh, extended discussion. Anyway, have you, yeah, even breakdowns can be breakthroughs sometimes, right? And that was it, because that reminded me of the need to be present. Mm. Well, the disciples were freaked out, wigged out, and had a hard time being present to not just their daughter's gymnastics event, but the, which is great, but being present to the greatest event in all of human history, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Jesus is risen, and these guys are hiding. The, this is group anxiety. <laughs> you know, this is a wigged out group. This is wigged outness times, you know, whatever. Anxiety, as is said, is contagious, as Peter Steinke, the great, great Lutheran, Church systems, church has family systems expert working off the work of Edwin Freeman. Brilliant stuff on this. Anxiety is contagious. Well, here's exhibit A. They are in lockdown, in fear, shut down, hiding after the greatest event in all of human history. But they're not abandoned to it. Our Lord shows up right in it. Walks through walls. This is Jesus 2.0. This is the upgrade. The resurrected Jesus. He doesn't rebuke them. You insolent idiots. How can you not? No. He shows up. He doesn't even give them a pep talk right away. What does he give them? 
He gives them peace. Relax. It seems that Jesus agrees with Jack Nicholson's acting teacher. And the comparison to film craft is apt, I think, because God, let's face it, is the director of the greatest drama ever, like ever. And he has a role for you and for me. And he needs us to relax so we can play our part. That's the first step, because when we get, when we get spun up, we lock up. So we come to the disciples, he comes to us, he stands among us, and he says, peace be with you. <sighs> Scholar C.G. Cruz points out that when Jesus appears to them behind locked doors, his greeting of peace be with you showed he was not holding their failures against them. He was offering restored relationship. That's the center, deep core of our relaxation that helps us participate in God's drama. It's not self-generated. We can't get there on our own. There is too much stimuli, especially now. We are so overstimulated as a culture. And if you're an empath like me, multiply that times 100, right? Jesus comes into that, says, peace be with you. Scholar Dale Bruner summarizes it this way. The risen Lord's initial gift to his assembled disciples is his peace, which means his love, his forgiveness, his favor, and his blessing. Thus, the first words of the risen Jesus and of his mission to his gathered disciples significantly are not a command, but a gift. There is no preliminary reminder of the disciples' failure to support him in his crisis. No, not even a call for repentance. He's not even calling them to faith yet. He's saying, peace. It's sheer grace. Sheer grace. Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. This is recreation. The creation accounts, God breathes into the clay and creates life. Here he breathes in, into the freaked out disciples and recreates life in the mission. Remember the gospel accounts of Jesus speaking to the wind and the waves when he was in the boat with the disciples on the Sea of Galilee with those high mountains and the storms that spin up out of nowhere and get really scary and he's sleeping and they're like, wake up. And he gets up and he says, Peace, be still. The Greek is different there than here, but the idea is the same, only instead of calming the storm outside the disciples, he is calming the storm inside each of them. Scott Crepain's song, sometimes he calms the storm, sometimes he calms his child. This is where mission really begins for each of us every day begins with Jesus coming and calming the storm inside of us storms of fear and confusion and anger and hurt or whatever he calms it by replacing the storms with his peace the Greek here for peace is irene which is a great word irene like raining down it carries a sense of peace harmony tranquility freedom from worry whether we live or die whether we succeed or fail, whether things go well or they don't, peace be with you. This is what Jesus brings to his shook disciples and they are shook. And then having given them that, he sends them. It's like that great scene from 
Top Gun, Maverick. I love that movie. I hope it gets nominated for an Oscar. I love that scene. And very well cast, superbly cast. And John Hamm playing, uh, is it Cyclone? Wherever the, he's the air boss or he was, yeah, he's the admiral or whatever. And they go and they launch them. You know, they launch the, um, the dagger team led by Tom Cruise and they have to make the decision and, and, uh, John, John Hamm sitting there on the CIC unit on the aircraft carrier and he says, uh, send them. It's a great scene. We're sent, not in next-gen fighters, but in the Holy Spirit, which is even better. But what storm is inside of you that you need Jesus to calm? I'm sure there's one in there. We've all got a tempest or two in our teapots, right? Some drama that locks you up or distracts you, keeps you out of the moment, keeps you from even looking and seeing what you're looking at. And that can short circuit your role in our heavenly director's drama, which he has a role for you to play in. He does. We fulfill his mission as who he created us to be in the world as we salt the earth in the work we do in education, medicine, tech, science, biotech, businesses, creative arts. We are his light and his goodness in the world in every corner of society as we're present to him as we do our work. We're sent in the schools and hospitals and offices and boardrooms and work cubicles and on ships and in gardens and in laboratories and in construction sites and every relationship with every friend, neighbor, family member, the Lord of the universe the director of the greatest drama of all time has a part for you and me to play in these places. But we've got to relax first to see it. Relax into the peace he gives us and then we can really give ourselves to the roles that he gives us. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Notice how the sending, even in the text itself, it's like it's wrapped in peace. We get peace, then we get sending, then we get the Holy Spirit. It's like it's wrapped up in it. On that walk down the workplace hallway, you ask that person, how are you doing? But do you really mean it? Do you really want to know? Or are you thinking about the next thing you got to do? You want to move past them. And then you hear from Jesus, peace be with you. I am sending you, receive the Holy Spirit. And then you realize that you really do, you really do have something to offer. You head into that social situation among your friends and you anticipate the moment where your faith may lead you, lead you to be a bridge builder rather than a bridge bomber in the midst of all the flame throwing and Molotov cocktail throwing going on in our culture. And you're led to be a bridge builder and a, a, a connection maker there and to bring peace and moderation to a, to a polemic, vitriolic, polemical discussion. But you feel the, the alienness of that and you feel the fear of that in the situation and you're getting spun up inside and I don't know if I want to go there and pay the cost of that role and uh, peace be with you he says I am sending you receive the Holy Spirit you head into the doctor's office for an appointment a diagnosis a result for tests or a surgery or a checkup and you're uncertain of the outcome. Maybe you're prone to anxiety like my, like I am. 
And on your way, you hear the Lord say, peace be with you. I am sending you, receive the Holy Spirit. And so even there, we're on a mission. Which may be first and foremost to have the faith ourselves and trust that God's got us and see what he does in us and around us through that. We experienced that during my wife's breast cancer. You know, we had many interactions with people who we dealt with in the medical profession and there there were spiritual moments there and, and she's doing phenomenal. She has a superb prognosis. Praise God. But in that process, God, God met us and there were scary things. I know many of you know that all too well. What keeps you from going, from stepping out, from stepping in, being sent out, sent by him, having a conscious sense of that in situations? What spins you up and keeps you from looking at your watch or looking at the time, right? And seeing what time it is, right? Seeing it's time to move, right? It's time to go. It's time to step up. What blocks that? I think our internal life can do that. I think anxiety, especially group anxiety, can do that and be a block. And Jesus comes comes right in the middle of that and says, peace, I am sending you, receive the Holy Spirit. We are in flux as a church. We are in an awesome transition. Uh, I'm not going to say unprecedented in this church's history. I don't, you know, I wasn't here the whole time, but but there's definitely something huge going on here. And in the midst of change and revamping and rebooting our children's ministry as Jim and his intergenerational team he's forming is doing, we prepare to launch a new kids chapel next month, building on the previous work of Alin and Linda and others and reaching out to children and families with next gen. Where could fear get in the way of that? Where could fear get in the way of that? Where might we lock up in that? Where do we need his peace to push us out? Where is that for each of you in your hearts? Or as a church, as we're seeing the spirit move among us to prepare to receive those new to the Christian faith. We have a group that's been meeting on Zoom to discuss Rick Richardson's wonderful book, The Master or The Reimagining Evangelism. We've had amazing discussions there. Elders Bud Fallon and Larry Bell and myself are going to be starting an Alpha ministry. Alpha is a is a small group based program that invites skeptics and those who want to relearn the Christian faith to come with their questions, come as they are, have a meal, get some teaching to chew on, have a discussion in the midst of community over time. What what fear could get in the way of that ministry? What might lock us up in that? Where do we need his peace and his spirit to push us forward? Well, in these and other areas of mission together, God has a part for you and me to play. These are just a couple of things God is doing here, huge things. But it begins with peace. It turns out the peace of Christ is mission critical. The peace he gives that frees us from our apprehensions, our angers, our anxieties, so that we can give ourselves fully to his reign in the moment. I suspect that's what Jack Nicholson and Lee Strasberg are onto. When you're in a play or a movie, you are giving yourself to the story, to the character. You're giving over. And if you're relaxed, you're more able to do that. We relax so that we can do the work. So that we're free to do the work. And there's one more thing. Core to all of this. The theme our Lord gives his guys here. Is forgiveness. 
If you forgive the sins of anyone, their sins are forgiven, he says in verse 23. If you do not, if you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Forgiveness. He shows them his, his side, his hands. He shows them the cost he paid, and then he gives it to them to share. As NT's New Testament scholar Dale Bruner puts it, while only God can forgive sins, God gives this gift of forgiving sins to his son Jesus. And so now the son himself gives the same God-given gift to his disciples and to us. As Dr. Bruner puts it, disciples have learned over and over again that forgiveness of sins is the unmerited gift that Jesus grants to those who place their trust in him. Disciples do not make this gift for others. You get that? Disciples do not make this gift for others. They simply share it with others, passing it on. This is how they are for giving, right? Namely, giving forth the good news. Isn't that good? It's a classic Bruner. We're for giving. We're giving forth the good news. When we declare that others are forgiven, we participate in the forgiveness that is ours as well. So in pronouncing forgiveness to others, it's like a constant gospel renewal machine in us. It keeps our missional engine humming. We remember the mission. Yeah, if you forgive, so go and forgive. And if you forgive, you're reminding what you're here to do. Jack Nicholson is now 85. Can you believe that? Jack is 85. He's retired from acting. And the reason why Jack Nicholson is retired from acting is that he has memory loss. He can't remember his lines anymore. Well, spiritually speaking, I think we all struggle with memory loss. That's why one of the themes in scripture over and over again is remember, 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 remember. We have to remember that we tend to forget. (laughs) It can be hard to keep in mind daily, moment by moment, all that God has done for us in Jesus. So here, it's as if Jesus is giving the disciples their lines, right? Don't forget your lines. And it's there for us for the whole of our lives. If you forgive, remember forgive. It's easy to forget how much you've been forgiven. So in sending the disciples and sending the disciples out, calling them to forgive, our Lord builds that reminder of our lines, you know, our script, right into the mission. And as we pronounce God's forgiveness on one another, on other people, we remember that we are forgiven too. The disciples sure needed it. They blew it. He's bringing together a group of guys who were failures. They ran when the going got tough. Their track record ain't great at this point. And that's why, I think maybe that's why he's saying forgiveness. Because it reminds them of his forgiveness of them, right? And we need forgiveness too. Because we fail him too. There is something about forgiveness that is just liberating. Freeing for the forgiven and also for the forgiver. The move to forgive is at the very heart of God and his gospel. And that's why he gives us these lines to remember in mission. Go and forgive. Peace be with you. They are related. I think forgiveness and peace are very related. I think it was the late, great, uh, uh, was it Carrie Fisher, Princess Leia? 
she was like a, a priestess in Hollywood. She had a real ministry. I don't know. I don't know that she was a Christian, but she came. I think came through recovery and helped a lot of people, and was sort of known for that. Lost her too soon, but she had a lot of wisdom, and she would say, uh, "Staying bitter about something is like drinking uh, poison and expecting the other person to die." So forgiveness is the opposite of that, right? It's drinking in, forgiving somebody, and then you live from that. Jesus knows us. Jesus knows us. Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, Jesus says, so I am sending you. Receive the Holy Spirit. Forgive. May it be so. For you and for me, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen.